What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. Podcast listeners, what's up? We are back, took a little break, craziness happening, which has led to a very high quality episode coming out. I'm hanging out with Sahil Vedya all the way from Mumbai, India. He is a Forbes 30 under 30. He's a co-founder of The Minimalist. If you follow him on LinkedIn, you have discovered that he is absolutely hilarious. He posts some high quality content, but predominantly in the humor and just funny and and. I, every time every time I read one of his posts, there are always multiple thousand likes and comments, and they're just absolutely hilarious, and they make my day. So this podcast was awesome. He's doing crazy things. He's one of those people that is going to change the world, and he already has. And so I'm just very thrilled to have the chance to be on this podcast with Sahil. So thank you for being a guest. Sahil, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. So where in the world are you actually recording this podcast from? Uh, I'm based out of Mumbai in India right now. Uh, and then the financial capital of the country. So that's that's India standard time. Is that right? That's correct. Because it's 830 in the morning here. What time is it there? It's uh, 7 p.m. right now in the evening. So how often do you find yourself if, if you're doing some work in, in North America? How often do you find yourself working late into the night versus uh, normal? Like what, what time zone do you typically operate on? Do you try to mess around with time zone? Do you try to stick to one? I mean, what's your sleep cycle like? Uh, for me, fortunately, it's, uh, uh, you know, I work from, I work like 10 to 12 hours every day. Uh, but yeah, of course, when we're working with clients across geographies like uh, the US, UK, Ireland, Australia, it's all a mix of time zones. So when you're working with clients in Singapore and Australia, 
you've got to be around a little uh, early uh and you know when it's clients in the west like us uk it's i mean you even have to be open to late nights so yeah i mean the team is all up around the clock ready to deliver <laughs> whatever time zone it is <laughs> who, who needs sleep sleep when we die right <laughs> <laughs> exactly and, and in the early days you need to you know sort of hustle it out so of course yeah absolutely well so you're 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 sort of a mystery man. You are a co-founder. You are Forbes 30 under 30. You have done a TEDx talk. I mean, so you've done all these amazing things. So tell me tell me your story. I mean, what's what what has what was life like before kind of leading up to today? Right. Uh, so I, I'll I'll go back right to the beginnings and tell you how this all started. So uh, uh, you know, I run a company. It's called The Minimalist, and we are a creative solutions group company based out of India, where we help clients uh, build their brand, create their digital products like websites, apps, mobile apps, enterprise apps, and also market them across channels like digital and offline. So that's essentially what we do. Uh, and the reason we exist is to create provocation uh, through our work for global brands, right? So, you know, this is what the company is. And uh, this all started four and a half years back. But, but, but let's... Uh, rewind the clock and go back to the beginnings and see how this started. So uh, I was in college back then, four and a half years back in uh, 2015. I was studying engineering at the Indian Institute of Technology, Bombay. So IIT Bombay happens to be the best college in the country where, you know, like a million people try to get in, but only a thousand can. So it's uh, an exam of rejection rather than selection. And, and I was very fortunate to have entered this institute uh, and be among the top brains uh, in the country. So when I went there, I sort of realized after a few years that, you know, after all that effort, I realized that engineering is probably not my thing, right? And numbers, how, long, and how, long did, uh, how long did that take for you to figure out? I think probably the day of entering was the day of. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of figured out right away. <laughs> well, not really. Uh, I mean, of course, I did try my best for a couple of years. I, I did promise myself that next semester I need it. This semester it's okay if I have done really bad, but it's okay. Next semester I'm going to seriously kill it. And the next semester I would say the same thing to myself. And it went on for three to four sems before I said to myself that let's stop killing ourselves and let's get to reality. And the fact of the matter is that I really can't do this. Uh, and, you know, then I sort of did some soul searching and realized let's look at what we can do. And, uh, you know, at IIT, I was really good at writing jokes. So I used to, I, I used to just write jokes. Uh, I used to do a lot of humor, uh, intellectual humor, and post it on Facebook, which used to get a decent traction. Um, and that's literally what I used to do. I also used to write a lot online, and I used to do drumming. Uh, so, you know, creative pursuits were all that would make up my entire life. Uh, of course, I would attend lectures. And it's not a very cool thing to do, but yes, that's what I was doing at college. Uh, and then suddenly, uh, one day I met a friend uh, and we were traveling to our internships together at the end of, end of our third year. And while traveling together, we realized that both of us had very similar inclinations. So while I used to uh, channel my creativity through humor, he used to do the same thing through the power of design. So he was a very famous designer in IIT. In fact, uh, Engineering was more like a hobby for him and design was his primary primary thing and he would design all day all night Try to hone his craft and try to you know take inspiration from the best designers across the globe So when we met we realized that we had these two things in common one was that uh, both of us were big 
uh, ardent followers of creativity, big creativity enthusiasts. And the second was the fact that both, both of us had bad grades. So that got us together. And that's when we decided that let's put this creativity to good use, right? Uh, so we thought that let's take up things that are happening around us, social issues, trending affairs, news pieces. Let's take those things and come up with a very unique and witty take on those issues. And that's how we're, we decided. To... Can I can I ask a quick question on that? Please, please. Was, uh, was the focus um, mainly on like trends and issues uh, within a given city, within India, within worldwide? I mean, what, what was the inspiration behind hey let's let's track trends of this geograph like was was there any in particular Correct. you focused on uh so when we started it was more of uh, social issues because you know uh no matter how much india is growing and expanding there still uh, tend to be certain issues that we face in this country uh, right from taboos to superstitions to you know certain cultural traditions that are not right and we just thought that uh well, these are sort of like the elephant in the room and nobody really talking about these issues, leave alone coming up with a very provocative take on the same. So we thought, let's take these up. Let's come up with some really hard-hitting and thought-provoking stuff and uh, put that out on the internet. So yeah, essentially, initially it was all about issues that India is facing, but uh, it also went into a lot of trending stuff, a lot of global topics. So if you see a lot of our content gets uh, featured across the globe and also picked up by uh, you know various geographies because it's global in nature so yeah we started generally thinking that uh, anything that makes sense to the world and is a talking point in the world at that point uh, would be something that we would pick up and come up with uh, a very provocative take on the same so that's how we started the facebook page when you uh, when you first started were you like i guess is it um how do I ask this? Is it culturally safe to be like controversial in what you talk about? Like, is that looked at like well received in India? Is that looked at like uh, taboo? I mean, if you talk about a topic that you know needs like social change that needs to happen or injustices, like, are is it okay to be talking about those things, or are they particularly shut down, or like, is there problems right. with, with discussing those things? I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone loves controversy, so you can always uh, bank on that. Uh, but in India, I mean, there's a new crop of people who are digitally savvy, these urban youngsters and millennials, basically. And uh, in fact, urban, uh, urban youngsters, I'm going to use that one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, for example, if you look at the population in the US, uh, people who are apparently, you know, what you would call folk uh, or new age, right? Uh, there's the same persona that you'll find in India also. It's just that, uh, like, I mean, most of US is what, uh, 300 million? In India, you would have probably like uh, five, or like 50 million or 100 million people like that. So, a small percentage of India, which also happens to be a large number in itself, is that digitally savvy, new age persona who are very open to these things, who are you know, for the lack of a better word, uh, uh, globalized or westernized, uh, so to speak. And in, in those circles, it is very openly received. Any kind of content that is critical or that talks about dominant issues uh, in the country, it's it's really well received. So, so our uh, target audience right from the beginning was this new age guy who really understands the world and isn't caught up in the baggage of the past and is open to these new thoughts and also is a hardcore consumer of creativity because all the stuff that we put out always was pretty smart, clever, and intellectual. So it was not like 
you know in your face and that's the entire point uh, behind us being uh, called the minimalist because everything that we did we preferred that we would keep it simple uh, but we would keep it so simple and thought provoking that you would have to think for a bit before getting that eureka moment right and that when the design the concept hits you it would be like uh, wow who came up with this how did they come up with this right uh, so that's the entire ideology that we used and uh, of course people do get jailed when they talk about something that's really overboard but of course we were very conscious of not crossing those lines so we never do any political or religious uh, content at all that yeah then, yeah so is it does somebody have a major political agenda and they they just start trying to be an extremist versus hey let's actually be well thought out about what we're talking about sort of thing exactly exactly so so in fact uh, politics and religion are areas that you don't really touch Uh, over here unless you want to sort of take a trip to the jail that's pretty years. uh that's pretty 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 true here as well too <laughs> <laughs> exactly i, I mean so, i would know so I, I i'm curious um so there's an interesting trend here and I, i this is the best example i can think of so uh with there's like the baby boomer generation that right. it was like put your head down work hard like uh when you're home for summer vacations like you should be working the entire time and then like the millennial millennial generation there's a huge trend for example of like taking a gap year so after high school before you enroll in college you take a year off uh or post college before you go to graduate school and so the reason why i bring up that topic is like that at at the beginning was pretty tabooed from like the baby boomers and their kids doing that because it's like what you're going to take a year off from school you better be working the whole time like that just logically doesn't make any sense is there that sort of like similar relationship from like cross generally cross generational in india as well too or is there something that's comparable to that um i mean uh, it's a difficult one because uh, there's just too many people here but yeah, uh, and there's a lot of cohorts with very different mindsets so 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 what i was explaining earlier was the fact that you know the kind of uh, uh, global mentality and new age mindset that you see in america is also present in metro cities in india cities like mumbai delhi bangalore Uh, and other top metros and you would see that there's a small percentage of the population that thinks in that way but the rest of the country is uh, still coming to terms uh, with this new age mindset and the numbers are of course growing very fast but it'll take a few years uh, because you know internet penetration has uh, become extremely widespread uh, in the last couple of years so it will take a f- uh, few years for the entire country to sort of adopt the newer ways of thinking or sort of uh, come to terms with how other countries or other cultures also think but uh, that said uh, i would say taking a gap year in india is still not a very big trend uh, in fact that would probably only be possible when average incomes and uh, daily wage or you know hourly wage really goes up uh, by a big margin because in the us i mean if, even if you take a gap year i think you can earn your way back up and in the economy also lives on credit uh, so in india even the credit concept is not very big uh we are not heavy borrowers in fact if you look at the percentage population that is eligible for a credit card that itself is very very little uh like very less uh, probably a single digit percentage of the population is currently uh, uh i mean that's that's the level at which people right now have a credit card yeah, so <clears throat> exactly and and that number is growing so there are a lot of fintech players right now in the market who are taking advantage of this opportunity by lending to these um to that kind of people uh, that kind of persona also which is currently not accounted for by traditional credit card companies or banks uh, but yeah so i mean uh, coming back to the question i don't think gap year is still 
a very big thing. Uh, of course, uh, people who have a decent uh, safety net when it comes to their incomes or their parental uh, income, uh, they still are sort of open to the idea of taking a gap or taking a sabbatical or traveling a little bit here and there. But on a larger level, I don't think it's very prominent. Uh, it would definitely need an increase in uh, daily wages, increase in the number of jobs and average income for that to become sort of a very big trend out here. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really just bring up that example as like that has been a pretty progressive like m- millennial gen- – so like my – our generation of people who that's a trend that's on the more progressive side, good, bad, or indifferent, but something that's more progressive, whereas like that is totally countercultural to the baby boomer side of things. And yet like that's like a very interesting thought process of like – younger generation thinking this is like a better approach, older generation giving a lot of hesitation to that. And same thing with like the landscape of progressive thinking over in India is that's, you know, similar true. And it sounds like in in many different ways it is as well. Right. In fact, you know what I mean, in any culture, there's just this one thing that holds true for any culture is the fact that the older generation always gets sick of the younger generation. (laughs) They always feel that what is wrong with these guys? Why are they doing things so differently and uh, I mean Robert Greene has called it uh, the law of generational myopia I mean I don't know if you've read Robert Greene but uh, he he is one of his books called the laws of human nature he has actually written an entire chapter on this that there are four uh, generations I mean there's a generational uh, churn every time and every time a generation grows it always starts despising the younger generation so <laughs> the key for everyone is to sort of stay in touch with the times and understand seize the moment, seize the spirit of the times and really come to terms with what's really happening rather than you know, giving blind judgments about how the younger generation is not good and they're not able to do things the right way and all that. So the, the, whole, the whole statement of kids these days has stayed true for, uh, <laughs> stay true for generations, no matter what, what how, how despised they think of the younger kids or the older ones or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and the people who are saying kids these days were the subject of that statement a few years back. So exactly. Somebody a... <laughs> somebody said that to them one day, and of course they had to pass the torch on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you uh so so how long has the the minimal minimalist uh been in uh in place? How long has that been uh your company you like how I guess how long ago did you start it? Right. So the company, like I said, so when we were in college, uh, we came together, we started this Facebook page where we were talking about issues in a very, very thought-provoking and witty manner. And what happened was uh, suddenly out of nowhere that content started going viral. In no time, our content was breaking the internet and we garnered a following, a cult following of over 100,000 people on a social media channel. So looking at that traction, a lot of brands started reaching out to us saying that, hey, if you're doing this uh, crazy work, why don't you, uh, you know, give us some of your services? Why don't you design our web app or why don't you design our website or why don't you uh, do our branding? And that's literally how uh, we ended up starting the business. Uh, so it, it was established on May 18, 2015. So it's actually been around four and a half years since we started. And in that time, we've gone from just the two of us to a team of around 90 people right now. That's amazing. I've got a, uh, I've got a tech startup myself and I'm, we just crossed over the right. four and a half, just crossed over the four and a half year mark. So I can uh, relate to the highs and lows of what four and a half years. So hats off to you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's amazing. So talk to me through, um, 
the your TEDx, I had a chance to listen to it and, and you know, just being an influencer in not only India, but, you know, globally, like how, how has that come to be? And is that something you think about? Is that something you are consciously trying to be somebody who has influence worldwide? Is it something you just, it just is like talk me through that. Sure. Uh, you know, until this question was asked, I didn't even think of that word or think about any of that. In fact, I don't see myself as a you know traditional influencer uh, because, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, there's good traction that I get personally on LinkedIn, but, uh, you know, what I'm really just trying to do over there is, like I told you, I'm just trying to channel my creativity. Uh, I have these urges to make people laugh all the time, so I keep writing jokes. I also have this constant urge to keep writing because I really love words and I love playing around with words and writing things that express certain emotions. Uh, so, so I write a lot. Uh, I write a lot of business uh, jokes. I do a lot of business intellectual humor and just keep posting that on LinkedIn. Uh, and as a result of that consistency over the last couple of years, it, I think I have uh, managed to get a lot of good traction. And since, uh, you know, the entire outlook for the minimalists and me has been very global, the content also is created in a way that appeals to global audiences. So, of course, I've been very fortunate to receive uh, very good traction on everything that I put out. Uh, but there's no conscious agenda to, you know, have influence. But it's it's just rather how many people can I make, uh, how many people can laugh at the content that I put out or how many people can derive value out of everything that I write. So even when I'm uh, doing long-form writing, it's all about uh, stories around business, so stories or anecdotes or clippings around business, psychology, uh, art of war, and things like that. So it's, it's all about giving value either through humor or through uh, some really interesting anecdotes. And of course, everything that follows is a bonus. I love that. And and what's what's so interesting to me is there, there seems to be a demographic of people that so desperately want to be considered an influencer. Or And what I've learned is that, like, I, I've learned this definitely through the podcast and just through, uh, like, talking to some amazing people majority of the time the people who have the greatest influence aren't thinking about having a great influence they're thinking about what they're good at what they can produce and how they can help people and in turn that creates influence so i i love i love that your outlook for that is just like i want to make people laugh and i want to do it in savvy i want to do it in thought out in business terms that people can understand and do so like that that's phenomenal so it's it's awesome thank you so much in fact yeah that's exactly the agenda and I just hope I can keep making people laugh for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, I, I, I think you can. I think you can. So, so let's let's take uh let's take this a little bit of a different direction. I, I don't know why this this thought uh, this question has come to me, but is there anything that scares you? Uh, scares me? Yeah. Um, uh, let's... Like maybe 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 think about that question in the context of like. Uh, your company or the impact or next steps or what you want to accomplish. Correct, correct, know. of course. Yeah, because for an entrepreneur, it's all about your company. I mean, your company is your life and your life is your company. So I'm, I'm just trying to think in that direction of me. Uh, and, you know, essentially, I think uh, there's nothing really to be scared about as such. I mean, uh, so when you say, are you, does something scare you? It also goes down to your deepest fears and insecurities, which keep you awake at night. So essentially right now, uh, you know, anything that keeps me awake at night, fortunately, is a short-term issue. It's a smaller issue, which I believe I can deal with. And uh, on a larger term or a larger scale, I don't think there's anything 
that uh, instills fear inside me. And uh, I would also give a lot of credit uh, to the habit of meditation because I meditate every day for at least 10 minutes and I've been at it for the last 60 to 70 days. And I think uh, that habit has really benefited me in terms of clearing my mind, um, getting good sleep, uh, sort of channeling uh, all kinds of thoughts and just letting go. So, and, and on top of that, I also believe that everything that I've done so far or got gotten so far from life is in itself a very big blessing. So, so it's better to just go with the flow. I mean, not go with the flow in the sense, not plan your future, but in the sense, just accept everything that's coming your way uh, gladly because there's so many people who would kill to get what you already have. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't have any deep insecurity. I just wish uh, that life continues to be as good as it is. That's amazing. What a positive outlook as well, too. Do you uh, do, do you meditate to music or do you do it in silence? Uh, I mean, naturally, I do meditate a lot to music, but that's not what I count as my meditation time. Uh, I personally have started using an app. Uh, I mean, that's how I started meditation, but now I do the unguided bit. Uh, when you get started, it generally helps you with the guided pieces, which is where there's a voiceover, there's a guy talking to you and telling you what to do every step of the way. Uh, but slowly as you start developing the habit, I think it's easier to uh, do it without the guidance as well. So I use an app called Headspace, uh, but there's a variety of apps out there. And I mean, you can also do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, at what point, uh, so you said you've been at it for 60 to 70 days, is that right? Yes, that's correct. So at what point did you realize like, yeah, I'm, I'm now meditating like, heck yeah. Like I, I've, I've, I'm doing it. Like, cause the reason why I asked that is I've done probably at most 10 day sprints where <laughs> I will be really good at it or focused or disciplined at it. And to be honest, like, uh, like still haven't personally got a lot. I know the benefits. I know the science. I know like all like the people I look up to meditate. So like, I get it, but I just like personally have not found that to be so, like, <laughs> at what point in the 60 to 70 days, did you realize like, yeah, this is a good thing for me. Hey, so let me uh, reframe that question and let me ask a question or rather let me ask the question back to you. Sure. Uh, were you trying to derive some value out of meditation? Uh, so here's the rule. This is my podcast. I ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> of course, no, of course. no, no. Um, you know, I, uh, I think other than just the context of like knowing that, uh, uh, meditation is good for me. I don't think there was any like huge agenda that I had with it. Right. Right. And no, I mean, so the reason I asked is, were you expecting that a certain day you would have like a Eureka moment or like a revelation that, Oh yes, this is what it is. This is impacting me. Yeah, me pausing for ten minutes. I hope that uh, when I when I wake up or whatever, I've I've made you know hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm totally calm. Like <laughs> I was kind of expecting that day one, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what they tell you in meditation that uh, never expect to sort of open your eyes to a million dollars and five bikini models. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're never gonna get that <laughs> What you what you're really gonna get is those ten minutes which you just gave your mind. Uh, to sort of chill, right? And cool. that's desperately needed in today's world of constant digital chaos, distraction, and, you know, endless barraging of the mind with mindless information, right? So uh, I think, uh, you know, to answer your question, uh, I never felt at one particular moment that, yes, I have done this, uh, but to sort of 
put some more context i would say that i had set a rule for myself uh, i had said that for 21 days if i am able to do this for every single day uh, it would become a habit and of course this is a this is a well known uh, habit like if you want to build something into your routine if you want to build a habit you just have to be at it for 21 days and then it sort of naturally becomes a part of your routine so i had that uh, 21 day goal post in my mind uh, and a good tip for you to sort of start doing it would be to use something that is called the rhythmic uh deep work philosophy right so there's a there's this book called uh deep work that i read recently which was a very big value add it talks about how in today's world which is full of distractions nobody is really focusing on deep meaningful work where they are uh, focusing uh, for an extended period of time on just one task without being distracted and they're producing valuable work because there's a lot of cognitive involvement is high cognitive involvement which produces meaningful work so in that book uh, one of the suggestions was this rhythmic cycle which says uh, which says that you know what you can do is sort of create a calendar uh, where you where all of the days are marked out and for every day once you do it just cross that day out on the second day when you do it just cross that day out so when you start crossing your days out one after the other you sort of gamify the entire experience of doing it so more than uh, probably even the act of doing it you are just doing it so that you can cross that out and you know sort of win that game so humans really do something well when it's gamified right and that is where even gamification turns into a big part of ux uh, in all these uh, digital apps but nevertheless i mean gamification is something that really works so i i did that and i think in less than 21 days it became a very concrete habit of mine Love so that. yeah i like i like that a lot and i what you said that you said that book's called deep work that's right yeah I'll t- i want to take a look at that that's awesome um So okay, what what is it ultimately? So uh, if you uh, if you kick the can today, which I hope you don't, but versus <laughs> kick the can on your own terms, you know, thirty, forty, fifty years from now, what is it the impact that you hope to have on people? Um, I think uh, one is that I really want to build an institution over here, uh, an institution that lasts beyond me also, which means that I want to create an organization which can run, grow, and flourish. without me as well uh which would require me to put in a lot of processes and create a solid winning team that can take things forward but most importantly i want a team that can drive the minimalist culture and dna the dna that we started this company with across the ranks across the years and turn this into a self sustaining organization over the years uh professionally i think that's the impact that i want to create of course and as a result of that i want to help as many brands as possible in solving their problems in the world of creativity so creativity is a huge uh, uh lacuna in today's world and of course there are so many people offering various services but still brands are never uh, satisfied enough with the work that they are doing so i really hope that with this not only do i create a lasting organization but as a result the work that we do does help brands build their business and take it to the next level so that's my professional agenda on a personal level like i told you i just want to keep making people laugh forever so that goes even beyond the time that i kick the can that's so good so good uh and then i guess this sort of uh kind of ropes in as well but i mean would you say you know my 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 favorite question in the world is what does it get you out of the bed in the morning the most would you say it's drive around humor uh yes that is one and of course also building the business and turning it into a into a machine that grows on its own so both of these things absolutely are aligned so good so good 
Sahil, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Uh, no, I think uh, it's been a really nice session. If anyone does wish to connect with me, I'm available on LinkedIn all the time. And of course, I also do a lot of stupid stuff on Instagram, uh, <laughs> which also hopefully will make you laugh. So, so feel free to connect with me. And I'm always looking to partner with or talk with or work with people across the globe. So if anyone wants to hit me, love to talk to them. So good. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Matt. It was a pleasure talking to you. Love Likewise. It.